is Clayton Howe's Entertainment X. For this episode, I chat with Hillary Fisher, and we cover a little bit of everything from between the lines to perseverance, listening, meditation, brain dumps, and so much more. So I hope you enjoy part one with Hillary Fisher. We're back. I'm Clayton Howe, and today with me on Zoom is Hillary Fisher. Hillary, thank you for joining me today. Of course. Thank you for having me. We were talking before recording how wonderful you were in between the lines. Such a great show. So, so alive and just so enjoyable to see you perform. I want to talk about that and so much more. But before we get to it, I want to take it back to the beginning of time for you. What were your entertainment dreams growing up? Oh, well, I really wanted to be a pop star when I was younger. My uh, mom was a singer. She sang at the Apollo and she would travel with bands. And I actually stayed with a lot of family members when I was younger um, because my mom was always traveling. And so I just assumed, you know, like, this is what I'm going to do from the time I was a kid. And luckily, I was put into a performing arts school starting in third grade and pretty much forever since then. Um, so I've kind of always known that I want to do that. And then I got an acting, I got a job in a musical and that then I just veered so far and I was like, wait, this is the version that I want to do. And yeah. So what was that? How, how old were you? And what was that show? Um, so I did the American girl review when I was 10, I got cast and I was 10 and I did it all the way up until I started high school. So that was my move to New York City. And that was also, um, yeah, just my first professional job. It was a musical in the doll store in on Fifth Avenue. Um, and I remember, yeah, it, it was like, I, I auditioned for The Lion King on Broadway and American Girl. And that was like the, <laughs> my entire childhood career, which is just so funny. Um, and I, I think someone, I went to Whitney Houston Academy when I was a kid in New Jersey and my gospel teacher was working at American Girl and she was like, I think you should audition. And then that's how my theater dream started. So this, this career path for you has been fostered by your, your parents. This has been something that's been totally supported and yeah, my mom definitely like she hooked me up with some producers when I was a kid. I, I actually started my pop star dreams. I recorded some songs and I would like open for younger artists at like New Jersey events and things. And so she was really excited about me wanting to be an artist. Um, and same with my dad. He and, and my dad's side of the family are like, we're also the reason you sing. And I'm like, okay, great. <laughs> what did you, what did you, yeah. what did your, um, what did your parents teach you about kindness? Well, my parents have always been very kind as parents. I think, you know, I had a lot of freedom growing up. I didn't really have to, uh, I didn't really have a lot of rules and I think that really worked for my personality. Um, and so I just, I've always just tried to pay that forward. And also I, when I was growing up, I wasn't around my parents a lot when my mom was traveling and my dad was um, living on the West coast. And so I actually ended up living with family members and friends of family and also just my community once I started acting. And it was great because I learned how to be a guest in someone's home and how to be considerate of other people. Mm. And I think some of my, you know, like a lot of my personality traits come from like stage managers that I met at American Girl or like, you know, people who worked with me in musicals in school. And I think uh, there's just 
I know they didn't say this to us as kids, but it was always like, don't be an asshole (laughs) (laughs) when you you start a show. And I just think I carry that. So, and I was always so um, adamant about being like flexible in a space because I was in, in something that wasn't my own. And so I think that definitely is the reason why I try to be as kind as I can today. Mm, mm. Do you have any mentors? I don't have any specific, like, you know, older people who I'm like, Hey, you are my mentor. But I will say that a lot of my friends, I consider my mentors because I've always tried to network across. And I feel like I'm in community with so many incredible people creatively and just as people personality wise. Um, and I try to work under them and work with them creatively. Um, I have a friend who I'm co-directing with right now, who I've always looked up to um, as a leader. He has his own organization. Um, and I, I just, I like to be as close to my friends who I'm in awe of at all times and try to make things with them as much as I can. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. Uh, going into um, Between the Lines, such an all-star group of human beings. and we got so lucky. <laughs> yes, yeah. And not just that show, but other productions you've worked on. Are there any common themes of the top performers in these productions? Do you see any common commonalities? Interesting. I think, yeah, I I think a lot of the time when someone is an all-star performer, their banter backstage is very entertaining. (laughs) I think I, I usually, the first day or like, you know, when we get close to the dressing rooms, I'm like, oh, this person is also just a really fun person to be around. And yeah, that's that's common. And besides that, it's interesting. I, I think, you know, I did Cyrano right before, but not right before, but before Between the Lines. And, you know, Peter Dinklage was in that show and my my really close friend, Jasmine Steve Jones, and they're both awesome people and great performers, but they're so different. Mm. And I feel the same way about all of the top performers in Between the Lines. It was like just a bag of like, different people a variety so I wouldn't say like personality wise they have anything in common but I do think the way in which they interact with other people is always fun to see you're bringing up a really good point because I've noticed that some of the most prepared performers who have pretty much the entire script memorized they know everything that they can know before coming into a rehearsal room are also the most fun and would seem to be the most playful, but we cannot get it confused that they're incredibly prepared. And that seems to be yeah. a parallel for of what I've noticed. Preparation gives you freedom. And yeah. I think that's a big part of it. And so they're comfortable in the space because they know what they're worth and what they're bringing. And it's also really nice to see when someone really knows who they are, especially in theater, because we ha- we're all just so different. Mm. Um, and I think it's really valuable to see what different things we can bring to the space. Yeah. 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 Are there, um, well, is there a particular role that has taught you the most about yourself or a significant amount? I definitely think my first job taught me a lot. (laughs) I, when I was really young too, I hadn't been acting at all and it taught me a lot about being in a long-term show and about stamina and doing sometimes three shows a day and time management was a big thing because I was literally in middle school Mm. um and also it just really brought me out of my shell I think I started off really shy and quiet and 
I knew that I had the talent to be there, but what I learned throughout the process was there were so many young girls who were also playing my part and I never really got to see them. And so it, it helped me understand that I was originally me and mm. what I brought to, to the space was very valuable. And also it was a pretty challenging role for a 10 year old. I was playing, you know, a young girl who was escaping slavery with her mom. Mm. And I had this whole big number where I riffed at the end. And that was my first time taking up space in that way. And so, yeah, I think that taught me, like it was a great foundation for going into theater and also just like taking up space in my life. Um, and it also taught me a lot about listening because we had to sit on the edge of the stage and we had to watch everyone else's story. Mm. And as at a young age, you know, our attention spans are not <laughs> fully not long. developed and I would be coming from middle school and I was just like, I just want to go and do my part or I can't wait to go to sleep. And then there were moments that my friends would inspire me on stage and bring me into the story. And I got to learn how to be a good actor in that way hmm. because a lot of them had more experience than I did and also we were telling vastly different stories at the same time so yeah I think and also just being a black performer in the theater space it was very uh telling for me based on the story that I was telling and the weight of it and also just being different from everyone else and and learning that I was valuable too it's so interesting when you have that sort of responsibility thrust on you at such a young age, it can either yeah. explode your confidence in a wonderful way or a hurtful way, which it sounds like it has in a wonderful way, but it, yeah, that's, I can only imagine. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. <laughs> staying, and I'm curious too, staying in that era of time, was, was there any lessons you were learning from your mother's work ethic of her traveling and constantly traveling? Yeah, for sure. And it was really the dedication and knowing that she loved doing, being an artist so much that even with the responsibility of other kids and moving around and it was like, no matter what, I'm going to do this thing that makes me happy. Mm. And I know that when you become a parent, it's really hard to do those things, especially as a single mother, which um, was the case for a lot of the time. And, and so I, I knew that I would fall. And I think a big thing when you're, when you're an artist is perseverance. Mm. And I feel like I learned that from my mom specifically, because it's not about, you know, a timeline or anything. It's just about being able to do the art that you love in the way that you want to do it. And even to this day, you know, she, she's, she's stopped singing for a while, but now she's back to recording and all of these things. And I just saw how happy it made her. And I realized that I feel the exact same way. So no matter what, I'll be doing this. Mm. Yes, yes. And you you might have already answered this question on listening. I'm curious if yeah. there's any other lessons more in the adult life of how you've gotten better at listening. Yeah, definitely. I think just being an actor, you mm. it's, it's a lesson every single day in listening. One, just studying acting in school. I I went to the University of the Arts before, I, and, and I, I stayed there for a year, and then I went to Pace. But while I was at UArts, I had this big fear of sophomore year in which we would be taking Meisner. Mm. And it's because in my freshman year class, we would hear next door the sophomores like screaming at each other back and forth and our teacher kept trying to like incorporate a little bit of Meisner technique in our freshman year class and 
she was trying to explain to us what we were hearing. And I just thought it was so interesting and I was afraid of it then, but now I love it. And it's like, that was the first lesson for me of just stop and listen and take what you're given and give that back. And also as a kid, there were some performers that would just make you pay attention and because their intentions were so clear. And I was always like, how do I do that? And so now I do meditate. I try to meditate every day. Um, It helps a lot just to empty your brain Mm -hmm. because I think a big part of not being able to listen is the pile of stuff that's in here. It feels like a trap and you're like, oh, but how do I? And it's like, well, you can get out of it by being present with the person that, that that you're with and that you're exchanging with. So definitely meditation. I do a little brain dump exercise where I like it's kind of just like making lists but I write in my journal like frustrations or things I have to do today or or just whatever categories I think of and I make little dotted circles and I put them in the circles and I know that like anything could come out or come in at any time and it just like frees my mind which is really nice is this like Um, a Venn diagram or like you draw a circle and you have the word in the circle yeah, it's different circles. So like okay. think of a list and then I put a circle around the list. Got it. And I'm like, dump that, dump these. Um, and it's just, and I just really like lists. It gets me like, you know, it m- makes my head clear, which is nice. Um, yeah. And also right now I'm, I'm directing, uh, I'm co-directing at NYU and I'm watching junior uh, BFA students Um, and it's really interesting to see when they stop and listen and when they can make each other, like when they can activate each other by taking and receiving what someone is giving them. It's like, it's just such a world of a difference and watching them do it is very inspiring. And yeah. Through this, through this directing, how -hmm. have you gotten better or what are you learning about communicating, especially with young people? (laughs) So much. So yeah, I, this is my favorite lesson that I've learned throughout through directing. And you know, I've just to preface, I've only been doing this for a couple of weeks and this is like my first directing job. So I'm learning a lot about communication and also working with a friend. I'm watching him communicate and I'm like, okay, first of all, where can I bridge the gaps and where, where can I see that something is not being received from this person and how I can um, deliver it better. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because students are still afraid of notes and afraid of uh, negative feedback. And so I definitely realized that positive affirmation is great. And I try to make things as succinct as possible. And I've learned that that works a little bit better sometimes. Um, And yeah, just relating to the person you're talking to, which goes back to listening, because Mm -hmm. if I communicate with every single student the same way, then I'm not going to get great results Mm -hmm. um, because they're beating themselves up while you're trying to talk to them. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's been a great lesson. And I'm like, I can carry this to adults that I'm working with in a rehearsal space as well, because yeah, we're all still that inside. We just kind of get used to dealing with it. Yeah. It's amazing how much you can learn from a person if you actually just listen, because most people will tell you exactly what they're thinking. <laughs> it's, it's not yeah, so much of a secret. Yeah, it ends up coming out and you're like, <laughs> yeah, for sure. 
You've been listening to Entertainment X, the podcast. You can follow Entertainment X on Instagram at underscore Entertainment X underscore. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join Clay next week for another curiosity conversation on Entertainment X. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.